amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Kia ora and welcome to the Have to Travel Show. I am your host, Helen Brown from Cruise Planet, and I am super excited to welcome back Dave from Globus, Family of Travel, um, to be with us today. And we are going to be talking about the US and Canada. So we've got lots to cover today. We're going to be talking home ground turf. So it's going to be an exciting day, and I just found out something interesting about Dave, which we will talk about very soon. So Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me back. Great, great to be here. Oh, it is so exciting to have you back here. And I am super excited about today's topic because one of my goals is to do all 50 states, and I've made a good dent in them so far, but there is so much out there to see and do, and people can get a little confused about you know, what are they going to do, and But the cool thing that I like about this is that when we're looking at the U.S. is they don't need to worry about passports. Um, They can do stuff that leaves from their own home state or the state next door, depending on where they want to go. And um, and, even if they're going up to Canada, yes, they will need passports to get there. But there's a a great wealth of stuff that they can see. So I am super excited about today's topic. Well, and, you know, a lot of people have chosen not to go further afield, um, you know, um, for travel. And so what we've done is we've doubled our inventory for the U.S. and Canada for the coming year. And um, we've got some really exciting stuff to talk about. Oh, I can't wait. All right, so let's get started. So you've got some of, you've got some short tours in there that are only four or five days. Then you have the longer ones that go from seven through to, I think, 14 days was the longest one that I saw. But you can correct me on that one. Well, you can actually marry some of them together, so go even longer. But but the neat thing is that you get to see a whole lot and you get to do a whole lot. Um, and you and I were talking uh, before we jumped on the call that we both have have such a love for for the Rose Bowl, and um, and so that's one of our new packages that's back for this year. So you can actually have grandstand seats for the Rose Bowl, which uh, um, you worked on a float, and I actually was in the Rose Bowl a couple times, and. Uh, I have to say Absolutely. watching it is much more fun than being in it because it's really, <laughs> really long. Uh, it's eight and a half miles for, for the people that are in the parade, so it's a really long day. And you were in the marching band, so that was a long way for you guys to have to, to have to march information and do all the stuff that you had to do along the way too. Well, you play, and then um, and then you have to take a police escort from the end of the parade over to the game, and you have to play pregame and halftime. And every time there's a touchdown, so by the end of the day, you're ready for a coma. <laughs> so those of you who don't know, what we're talking about the Tournament of the Roses and the Rose Parade that happens on New Year's Day every year in Pasadena. And um, Dave got to be in the parade, th- was it three times? Three times, which was just so amazing. Absolutely, and a phenomenal experience. I myself got to work um, actually on some of the floats back in 1999, so I'm going back a few years and I remember in 98, um, the year my husband and I got married, my parents were over from New Zealand, and my brother-in-law, who um, attended a church, uh, he attended the Lutheran church that always had a, a float in the parade, um, he got to take my parents into the warehouse and take them on a tour of what was happening with the float constructions and all of that sort of thing, which they found fascinating. 
And then the following year, Brad and I were invited by his brother to come back and help work on the floats, which was really, really cool. Although I think my husband got the better deal because he got to stick those silver leaves, um, those silver leaves onto the um, onto some of the floats that give that silver shimmering. But he had to make sure that the leaf was facing a certain way, that it was a certain side was showing, and it was facing a certain direction, so it gave that continual flow. Me, I'm sitting there cutting those little blue status flowers, and I tell you, they were the <laughs> they had to be one of the worst flowers to cut because <laughs> you got well, so it, much it, time for it, such a little bit amount. <laughs> it's fascinating how how they create the effects along the way. And for the, the oh, live flowers, um, a lot of the live flowers, they will actually put in vials um, of 7-Up um, to keep them mm-hmm. alive while, while while the parade's going. And then they put them on display afterwards. And, and a lot of times, you know, going the day after and getting to see them, you get to see so much more of the creativity and, and, and there's so much more you can see. So we've included that, that in the package, which I think is a brilliant idea. Also, actually, so as part of the package, they get to go and see the actual floats when they're on display? Correct. And they also get grandstand seats, which which are tough to come by. And uh, awesome. it's very civilized way, way to see the parade. Um, you know, again, having been in the parade, I, I have to say that having grandstand seats is a much more, more civilized way to see it. <laughs> and for those of you who um, watch the, the, um, the parades on TV, most of the time, isn't it behind the grandstands, which is where the TV people have all their booths? So they get to look down on the parade at that point because the grandstand is right there at the beginning where they get to see everybody coming in and where they get to see the first view of all the floats, isn't it? Correct. And it's um, it's rather brutal, especially on the marching bands, because you have to come around this really brutal corner. And as you, you make that turn around the corner, that's where all of the uh, the TV and all of the media are. So um, it, it's it's rather interesting that, that the first you know, introduction um, is right there. The other thing that's interesting is, you know, they actually paint the streets in Pasadena, um, and a lot of the drivers can't actually see where they're going, but they are looking down at the ground um, to follow that line, and that's what's taking them through. So it's, it's, it's fascinating what they do, but the artistry and the creativity and what they do is just, it's worth it. It's a, it's a trip of a lifetime. Definitely put it on the bucket list. It's one of those things that, I mean, even when we see it on TV, I sit there and I look at it and I'm like, oh, my gosh, how did they get it to do those motions? How did they get it to do this? How did they get that float to be so long? How is it going to turn that corner? Because I know the corner you're talking about because they're always commenting on that corner as the the floats start coming around that corner um, and about the difficulty of how tight that turn is. And you always wonder how some of those longer floats are actually going to make it around that corner. So it is quite fascinating and to be... I mean, just to have been part of it, to be able to have created something on those floats will help cut up the little flower, the little flower things that got stuck onto the floats. And it happened to be that year they happened to have a lot of blue on their floats, so they needed a lot of blue status. And they had, like, every available volunteer cutting blue status, and we had a group of about 10 of us sitting around the table trying to cut these little things. And when they're dry, the blue status is very prickly, so we're having to protect our hands while we're trying to cut these things at the same time. <laughs> And at the it's end of an hour, they would come around and pick up what you had, and it would be like about two inches across and not even a half inch high, this little tiny pile. You're like, but that's my hour's work, and you're taking it away. <laughs> but it's millions of hours of work, you know, for, for them oh to do God. that. And what they achieve is just is so spectacular. It's, it's definitely worth a visit. Absolutely. 
And so that's the five-day one. They can do the Tournament of the Roses where they get to see things in and around the LA area. But then you've also got Correct. the Tournament of the Roses, where they, which is seven days, where they get to spend a couple of days in San Diego as well, So, which is where I am. So what kind of things do they get to see and do in San Diego while they're down here? Um, it'll be all the, the sorts of you know usual things um, that one would do when, when they're in San Diego. Um, the, uh, the nice thing in L.A. was that they did include the um, – uh, the Getty Museum, which is really nice. Oh, I um, love you know, they've got a spectacular collection. Um, so um, it, they, they they put it together a really nice nice um, um, uh, thing. Um, you'll definitely get to go to the San Diego Zoo, um, which is you know definitely a highlight. And um, I think that San Diego is um, number two, right, to Melbourne, um, as, as mm-hmm. zoos are go in the world. So it's it's quite a oh, spectacular absolutely. zoo on its own. And I'm actually an annual member for the San Diego Zoo, so I go there as often as I can and take along my grandson. And we've probably been four times in the last three months. <laughs> well, and then my nephew was just there and said that the whole um, koala area that they opened is, is quite spectacular. The koala area, they've actually um, got part of it closed off um, because they're building a new Africa section right in behind it. So... Um, but they do have a very spectacular koala section that's got billboards up that explain the life cycle of a koala, what they do, um, and most people call them bears, but they're not actually bears, they're marsupials. So there's that sort of thing as well, and um, it talks, um, and they actually have the the boy koalas in one and the girl koalas in another, and they don't have them all out on display because they say there's not enough room to have them all out because they're currently in smaller areas because of the Africa section that they're putting them behind. So it's actually quite cool to go in there um, and see the different ways they're doing things. Like we went there one time to go see the pandas, and they had moved the pandas uh, from it because they're revamping that whole area where the pandas were, so they moved them to another area of the zoo um, where you could go see them while they revamped that area. So they're constantly changing things, constantly improving things. So every time you go, you see something new, you see something different. Um, and that's what and I love San about the Diego's been very successful with their their panda mating, which has been really great. So you get to see yes. you know, several of the little tiny pandas, which are just adorable. Oh my gosh, those things are so funny! <laughs> hmm. They just constantly want to play, and they're just so amusing to watch. So, okay, we could sit here and talk about this all day, but let's go on to no what about the national parks? So we've got a number of different choices on the national parks, but the big thing on the on ours with the national parks is that we reserve the rooms right in the national parks. So, you know, awesome. if you decide today that you want to go to the national park, you're not going to get in. I mean, you, you really have to book those rooms a year in advance. Um, but we've got those rooms all ready for you, and we've got some great guides and some great tours um, all organized for you. So you can actually bang out, you know, several of them in, in short order. Um, the nice thing is that there's also Wi-Fi on the buses along the way, so you can send your pictures to your friends and family, you know, right from the mm-hmm. bus, which is really nice. And I actually did that when I was on my Globus tour in April, um, so it actually makes it quite fun. Um, but you know, all of the things that that you want to do and you want to see, um, we take you there. Um, we'll we'll bring you in um, to see Old Faithful, and you'll be there right where when she blows. Um, mm-hmm. We'll take you to uh, to Yellowstone and Bryce and Zion and the Grand Canyon. So, you know, pretty much everything you want to see along the way, we can make it happen for you. That is awesome. Now, why would, what are some of the unique things that Globus does um, 
with going to the national parks and that because I know you've got the the um, hotel accommodations inside the parks, which is huge. Um, but what are some of the other things? Because you um, things like you've got local guides. What are some of the VIP access things that they can expect to see in some of the parks? It's going to depend on the park, um, and there's lots of lots of different you know experiences um, going to be available. Um, so it, it'll bit vary by the park, but we'll always have something that's that's unique and interesting um, for the individual parks. So, for instance, like with the Grand Canyon, they can actually do uh, an excursion that will take them into the Grand Canyon. Um, uh, I went years ago, and that was back in the days when you could actually take a helicopter into the Grand Canyon, and uh, you know it was just breathtaking. But but they will offer experiences that you can actually get up close and personal. Um, the other thing that we're famous for is local guides. So we'll get people that, that are from the local area that can offer you a local perspective and give you some idea of the history and the culture of, of the park. Um, you know, this, this past year was the 100th anniversary of the National Park, so it's a great time to, to visit the National Parks. It's also the 150th uh, centenary of Canada, um, so it's a great time to visit Canada as well. And they have some great national parks up there too. They do, and you know we stay at places like the Banff Springs Hotel, which uh, if you've been to Canada, that's one of the places you absolutely want to stay when you're in Canada. That is awesome, um, and you also get to see all the local favorite things there as well. Like I know you get to meet the Mounties in Canada. You'll get to um, see the night skies when you're in um, was it, um, Death Valley National Park. Get to do the stargazing there. Um, what other things can they expect to see and do on as far as local favorites go in different areas? That's something that's unique. Well, one of the, the cool new things that we've added this year is what we call um, uh, Oregon's Coast um, and craft beers. And so they're actually going to get to go to microbreweries and actually visit some of these microbreweries, talk to the brewmasters. Um, actually dine at, at the breweries, and then, of course, taste some of it because you got to make sure that it's all good along the way. But it's a very, very interesting tour and, and something very different. Um, we've also brought back um, um, some of our older tours. Um, so there's some uh, some visits um, out to the, the Midwest and some of the central parts of, of um, the country. You can actually go up um, to the Majestic Rockies for 11 days. Um, we've actually got Canada by rail, so it really depends on what they're interested in, what they're looking for. Um, they can do a whole host of different things, and there's wonderful little add-ons that they can do along the way. So it really just means, you know, what they want to do and where they want to go. That is awesome. So now you mentioned earlier too that they could combine things. So if, for example, they wanted to do like the Calgary Stampede, which you have a a, um, a four-day tour for the Calgary Stampede, then they could add on um, another Canadian experience that would back onto that or from yeah, the front end of absolutely. it, which way. So you could um, almost do the Calgary on... Stampede as a pre- or a post-tour thing that gets added on at either the end or the beginning of another tour. Exactly, exactly. And that's the nice thing with, with all of our tours is they, they are built in such a way that you can do that. Um, we've also mm -hmm. brought back Mackinac Island and the Great Lakes. So, um, you know, you get to see some of, of the, the great places of, of the Midwest and really get to experience, you know, what, what people got to experience, you know, um, back in the old days. So it, it really is something very special. That is so cool. And I noticed, too, that you have the Albuquerque Balloon Fest 
festival on there too. That's one of my one of my bucket list things. <laughs> so I, I was excited to I see that as one well. On there. And yeah, it's really really popular. And um, you know, the nice thing in going into something like that, if you haven't been, you don't know where to say, you don't know where to go. We handle all those details along the way, so it makes it really quite nice. And uh, the way I like to describe it is it, it makes it effortless for you. Um, we take care of all those details along the way. That is awesome. And, um, oh, dang, I had another question. This went out of my head. So you have Canada and you have the continental U.S. You also have Hawaii and Alaska as well, correct? Correct. And we actually um, have a, a cruise where they can actually do a cruise um, so they can get to see, you know, some of the uh, – the glaciers and things like that, that, but then we'll pair it with a wonderful land package um, that they can do as well. And um, it's funny because whenever we do something like that, people will go back to the ship and they'll talk about the amazing experiences they had. And the people that are on board are like, oh, we didn't get to do that. And uh, people said, well, you should have booked it with Globus because Globus really puts together some some truly incredible things. I mean, We've actually got uh, dog sledding um, and and things like that that really gets them out into the destination. That is so cool. And I noticed, too, that you also have the Iditarod on there as well. So what what do they do with that, with the Iditarod? Um, well, the Iditarod is, is iconic in its own right, but they will, you know, get to see, um, you know, the classic race. Um, but they can also, you know, try out um, their hand that actually – you know, trying the dogs as well, which is, is pretty exciting. And it really brings a whole other level to it um, when you when you do that. That is so cool. And, of course, um, being the time of year that the Iditarod is, they would also pro- get a possibility of seeing the Northern Lights as well from Alaska too. Yeah, and that's something that's on my bucket list. And, uh, you know, that would be um, a, certainly a delight. Um, we've also got some great California. Um, we've got a wonderful Southern California tour that includes Death Valley and Joshua Tree. And uh, if you haven't been out to Joshua Tree, you've, you've really um, missed something truly spectacular. It's quite breathtaking. Oh, cool. Because, yeah, I've, I've driven through, like, the Mojave Desert on the way to Vegas from, you know, from San Diego, L.A. up to Vegas. So I've driven through that part of it. But I've never been down through Death Valley, so that would be a really cool thing to go and do. And it does include Catalina as well. And Catalina, you know, talking about, you know, taking a step back in time mm-hmm. and being able to see the, the casino um, that, that's out there. And uh, if you, you know, want to take the time, um, you can go around the backside of the island. And uh, there's actually Buffalo out there. The uh, Wrigley's actually have their their mansion out there. So it's actually really fascinating. Oh, cool. That is awesome. And so now you've also got some other special events too that they can see while they're doing things. Like you've got, um, I'm, looking, I'm looking through the brochure right here right now. So 4th of July in Washington, D.C. That is huge. I mean, I, we lived in Virginia. For, I lived in Virginia for 13 years, and I remember there was a couple of Fourth of Julys that we went through, caught the trains through to um, the metro through to, um, to DC to go and see the Fourth of July, and wow, was that spectacular! To be there on the mall as the fireworks are going off, um, it was just unbelievable. And we were on the um, on the hill for the Washington Monument, which is on a slight rise, and we could look down across Reflection Pond and up at Lincoln Memorial. And we basically just laid there, and the fireworks were going off above us, and you could feel the boom of them in your chest. 
It was just such a spectacular. You, you couldn't hear any of the music they were playing because these things were so loud. But there's certain things in in one lifetime that that you got to do, and, and and that's one of them. Um, the, the other, Absolutely. you know, um, when we we take you up to Canada, you know, you can get get to see Bouchard Gardens, which are some of the most gorgeous anywhere. Um, and then we can also, you know, take you through the Rockies and and do some things there. So. The world's your oyster. Just decide which experience you want to have. And what do you have for the musicians, for those that like the music? We have a number of different things. Um, there actually is a uh, a theater package um, for um, New York City um, to actually um, take advantage of that. Um, it just depends on on what their what their um, what their true interests are. Um, we've also got one that, that takes them to uh, um, what we call a mu- uh, uh, America's Musical Heritage. So they actually get to um, visit uh, uh, New Orleans and um, understand the music there. And there's a lot of different music influences. You get to Nashville. Um, so there's a number of different choices along the way. Now, if I remember correctly, on one of the itunes you have, it actually either starts in Nashville or ends in Nashville, but it goes down to New Orleans or, or vice versa. I can't remember which way it goes. So it actually encompasses both Nashville and New Orleans, so they will get a really good um, a really good look at the musical history with the country music, the jazz, um, the blues, plus the other types of music that are influenced in those areas as well. Well, and um, there's nothing like getting to see um, New Orleans jazz in New Orleans um, if you haven't been to Preservation Hall and um, and heard them play, then you've really missed on it. Um, but you know, there's so much to America, and you know, we've got a great Cape Cod tour, which if you haven't been out to Cape Cod, that's one of my favorite places in the world. Um, and uh, the the year that I was there, we went out. Uh, uh, whale watching and there was a, a, a mother and her calf and the calf was quite the showman and put on quite a show for us and it was really <laughs> really fun so you know that's, that's just the playing <laughs> I know but how fun is that um, the other thing that I, I would say if you haven't done this fall foliage um, there's nothing like it and it truly takes your breath away and that's something I would highly recommend Oh, that would be something I would love to do. And I mean, like I said, we lived in in Virginia for 13 years, and I kept asking my husband, you know, let's go to New, let's go up to New England, let's go up to New England during the fall season, and we never ever made it. And so, that's going to be a trip back east at some point. <laughs> it's on the list. I think you must absolutely. Yeah, because I love the color. I mean, I love all the seasons, but my two favorite seasons are spring and autumn, just because of the colors that are out there. Um, I mean, you've got the beautiful new bright, brilliant um, colors of the new flowers as they're coming in in the spring season. And then in the fall, you've got those vibrant oranges and browns and golds of the as the, as the leaves are turning. And it's just two magical times of the year that I just absolutely adore and love. Um, you know, want to make me happy, just sit me somewhere where there's going to be flowers blooming that I can walk around and see all the new growth or where I can go and see the trees in their beautiful fall colors. Um, one of my favorite trips back east when we were living there was going up along the Shenandoah, um, the ridges there along the Blue Ridge, driving along the Shenandoahs and stuff during the fall season. Absolutely glorious views from up there out over the state with just all the colors changing, absolutely magical moments. I mean, you know, America really does have so many beautiful treasures, um, and you know, it's all there for you to discover. 
and you just got to mm-hmm. decide, you know, which which is the one that that we're going to do now. Um, but you really couldn't go go wrong with any of them. And uh, again, the nice thing with Globus is we're going to give you a front seat for all of it, where you'll get to see it all and do all of the things that you want to do along the way. And for some of them, like with the festivals and stuff, I mean, just have it being on the um, on the tour, but on the tours and that with Globus. Um, going in when the times are right for those festivals and things, and you're getting those the best seats in the house for like some of the festivals and things that you've got there. They're taking you in at the right time so that you get to see the peak of the four colours in the spring and that sort of thing too, which I think is just magical um, because you guys already have the accommodations sorted out, and that's one of the biggest challenges, especially with like national parks, is trying to get accommodation anywhere near a national park. Um, and the fact that you guys can get it in the parks there um, just makes it that much more special because it's one less thing they have to worry about. Well, and, and the nice thing is that, that we've thought about everything along the way, so leave all the planning to us. And, you know, we've got some amazing people that, that put it all together, and they've really thought it through. So they put mm-hmm. together the right things at the right time in the right way. So they maximize your time. They really stretch your dollars. Um, but you get to see everything that you want to see along the way. It's really quite good. Yeah, and I mean, I'm looking at the prices just for the U.S. things, and they are very, very good pricing. For um, when you think about that, basically, you turn and say, "This is what I want to do," um, and it's already laid out. It's got all the things you want to go see and do, along with some extra things along the way. And you look at the pricing, you think, "Wow, you know, that includes my accommodation. It includes breakfast." Um, you know, and I've got the Wi-Fi on the bus, and I get to get, and it's got my admit uh, my um, entry fee into these different activities and stuff included. And you look at the price, and you try and price it by yourself, you're just not going to be able to compare that. No, no, you you'd spend thirty to forty percent more if you're buying it um, individually. You know, the nice thing mm-hmm. is with the Globus family of brands, we've been at it for eighty nine years, um, so we have a long history of of you know putting together the right thing, um, you know, buying in volume, um, and we pass that along to our customers. So they get exceptional value, um, but they also give award-winning service. Um, they just recently hand out the Wave Awards, and uh, we won the uh, the award for the best tour operator. Um, and we're quite Woo-hoo! proud of that. I mean, we do, yeah, we do a, a good job of what we do, but we're, we're proud of what we do along the way. Excellent, and you've got and you've got clients that come back to you time and time again because you give them such such a great experience on things as well. And um, one of the itineraries I'm looking at here right now is the historic trains of the Old West. And I'm just, I mean, the Old West has always fascinated me. I don't know what it is, but I've always been fascinated with the Old West and the steam engines and things like that too. And on this one, you actually have a ride on a steam engine, which I'm sort of like, yes. <laughs> Well, it gives it gives you such a flavor of of the whole thing. You know, the trains were really the backbone of you know building America. So you really stepped back into that time frame and that time zone. Um, but uh, you know, we've got some other really unique and interesting experiences for them along the way. And what we're mm-hmm. we're trying to do is really bring the destination to life for them. And that's why we provide these unique experiences along the way. Uh, yeah, it's just, and then the fact that with that um, with that historic um, the historic west and the train like historic oh jeepers can't talk right now historic trains of the old west that you can even add on the Albuquerque Balloon Festival to that as well because it's all in that area and 
I'm just thinking like, wow, what a tour that would be. I get to ride old I get to ride on an old steam train, which I absolutely just they just fascinate me. Um and I get to see the beautiful colours and get to experience the balloon festival where you get to see all those gorgeous balloons going up. Um and I get to learn about the old west at the same time, all that history and things. I'm just sort of like giddy with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> tick 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 you get several of your boxes all ticked off all at once i know and that's one thing that i love about when i'm looking through these itineraries for um for tour companies and stuff and especially the globus ones i've noticed that there's there's things on there that are sort of like i'm going through and going oh i like this one it's got this on my list oh and it's got this and it's got and it's like you said multiple things so on this one on the trains i get to take off the, the steam engine train because you know that's always on my list it doesn't matter where in the world I am. If I've done it once, I want to do it again because different. Uh, you get different steam engines, you get different scenery, all of that sort of fun stuff going on as well. And um, just to the fact that you can ride on a steam engine is just, you know, that's just to me is like the best thing to do, best way of transportation as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, you know, you get to ride the steam engine. You get to learn the history of an area, and if it's, a, it's an area that interests you or a time period that interests you, you know, that's another thing that gets off the list. And then they've got other activities along the way that you can also check off the list as well. And it's sort of like, wow, you know, and I get to do all of this on one trip and I come back and I'm like, yes, it's done and I've done that and I want to go do it again and all that sort of fun stuff. <laughs> well, and the steam engines are fascinating. I, I, I rode one um, as a kid in Northern California and, and when it discharges that steam, you know, it can fill like a like a whole big meadow, you know, filled with steam and it's just it is truly magic. So, so being able to experience that is is unlike anything else you'll ever do. Oh yes, I just love. Um, you know, I've always had this fascination with with steam train engines, with jet planes, um, World War Two planes. I mean, give me a give me an air show with warbirds in there, and I will be, and just leave me alone for the day, and I will be in heaven. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm very easily amused on some things. I mean, history just fascinates me, and um, being able to watch planes flying, balloons flying, getting to go on steam trains, learning history about a country, about an area, it um, it really does it does fascinate me. And America is just you now somebody who didn't grow up in America coming to America. It's like all of a sudden you have this whole wealth of Stuff at your feet. You've got this whole country that you can go and explore. Um, it's a lot bigger than my country, so it's going to take a lot longer to do. I mean, New Zealand, for lengthwise, for people who want to know, goes from Boston down to the Georgia-Florida state line. That's how long New Zealand is. As far as landmass, we're the same size landmass-wise as the state of Colorado. Yet we have basically all 50 states squished into that little tiny area. Um, but to come here and you've got it all spread out in front of you on a mass scale... Um, I mean, I just get excited when I go to somewhere new I've never been before in the, in the States. And it doesn't matter where I'm going. I get excited because now I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to get to see something new. And that just fascinates me. And the fact that you guys have put together all these different packages that range from, you know, four or five day things that I can tack on to a longer vacation or I can tack those longer ones together that give me more depth and breadth of the understanding of this country. It's just, oh, love it. <laughs> but you know there's so much history too you know especially on, on the east coast and we've put together some some really fascinating um, um uh, excursions there you know where they'll get out to mm -hmm. williamsburg and you know they'll get I to see all of the yeah 
so um, pretty much anywhere that that you know they've been interested in, um, they can um, put together that trip that's going to include all those things that they want to see. And another thing that um, that we like doing too is that um, when we go to a place that has history, like we went to um, where were we? Um, oh, Philadelphia. We got on the horse and carriage and did. My husband and I got into a horse and carriage and we did this little tour around. Philadelphia, and they were giving us the history of Philadelphia along the way, and that was just that was really cool to be able to sit in a horse and carriage and do that. And I got to do that again when we were in Seattle. We hopped in a horse and carriage, and they took us around the downtown Seattle area, giving us all the history about Seattle. And so it was just a very unique way to learn about things, and you weren't being rushed. And um, and I feel that that's the experience that Globus is going to bring to people. It's not a rushed experience. You will get time to. Um, to absorb the area that you're in and learn about the area. And when you've got these local guides in there that can add in those little details that you don't normally get when you're out there by yourself, that is just a whole ton of added value as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Americans don't realize that Philadelphia, you know, was the start of it all. And so so there's so much history there. Um, But but we can bring all of the destinations to life for them, which, which makes a huge difference as well. Mhm. And then you guys go up into Canada and you've got all the stuff that's going on up there and um and of course Canada has a huge history up there as well and um and you guys bring all of that to life for people. And this is the 150th anniversary, so this is a great year to go to Canada. And you know Canada mm-hmm. has such such very different um you know feels. Yeah, Eastern Canada is very different than Western Canada. You know, central Canada with with Banff and um, Lake Louise, um, it's just so gorgeous. So there's a whole lot to see there as well. Now, getting getting around on the tours and stuff with Globus, when you're going through America or you're going through Canada, you know, um, do you ha- um, you use a method different method methodologies of transportation based on where you're at? Correct. So you've got buses and trains and I mean, ferries they can, and ships and stuff. Correct. They could be, you know, doing coach or they could be doing um, a, a train or or ferry or, or even a cruise ship, depending on the destination. So we're mm-hmm. going to take them in the way that would be, you know, the best way to, to do what they want to do in a given area. Um, but there's a lot of choices along the way, and, and we do a really good job of putting it together for them. That's so awesome. Now, we've talked a bit about the U.S. and Canada, and we've talked about Alaska. What about Hawaii? Let's go to you the know, We've got some great <laughs> programs for Hawaii. Um, you know, with, with um, people from the West Coast, you know, most of them have been. Um, so this is, you know, for that first-time visitor, we're going to give you the things that you would want to see in Hawaii. Um, so, you know, if you haven't if you haven't climbed to the top of a volcano or – you know, you haven't really experienced Hawaiian culture, this is great for somebody who it's their first time going to Hawaii. We will give you all of the things um, that you want to go in that first visit to Hawaii. And how many islands do you visit when you're in Hawaii, or is it dependent on how long the tour is? I was just going to say, it depends on how long you want to go. Um, <laughs> you can put together, you know, pretty much anything you want along the way. Um, but you know, if you haven't been to Hawaii and you're you're really interested in that, we've got some some really good packages, and we can give you um, um, some you know nice options. We do also have um, the option of cruising um, the different islands as well. Um, that's an option for you as well. So, 
But if they just that have is, a short amount of time, we can give them the best of, of the Hawaiian Islands as well. That is awesome. Because um, Hawaii is just one of those things that each island is very different from the next. Very much so. Yes. That's one thing I liked about Hawaii. I mean, I've only been to two islands in Hawaii. There's Maui and the Big Island. And yet they were so complete. I mean, the culture was the same. You still had that Hawaiian culture, but as far as the islands were concerned, completely different from each other. It was, yeah. just, and it was even, just unbelievable. Even, you know, the, the lesser islands, uh, Lanai, um, you know, um, and Hilo, I mean, entirely, entirely different experiences. Um, mm-hmm. So you you really get a different feel. I mean, it's certainly, you know, Oahu um, is, is so big and, and, you know, there's a lot of people there. Um, but you know Maui is is you know so different as oh, like, I yet again. On Maui. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to leave Maui. <laughs> but even even with Maui, you know whether whether you're um, on one side or the other, you have an entirely different experience. Um, you know, even with with you know, so it's it's fascinating that even just on one island, you can have entirely different experiences. So. Mhm. Yeah, there was um, there was times when we were on the big island and we were driving towards the volcano park, and um, we were driving down there. And I went, we went down this one piece that was a very that was um, we're going downhill and it was kind of a windy road, and we're driving along there. And I thought, you know, this looks exactly like a stretch of road in New Zealand um, that's North Wellington, a place a, a road that I would drive quite often, and um, I just felt like I was home in New Zealand. On for that portion of the road that we were going down this road that that um, wound its way down the side of this hill, I mean the topography of it was just the same. The, it looked like the vegetation was the same. It just had that same feel as this um, main road out of Wellington, where you're driving down into this um, through this um, settlement, and it had that same feel about it. And it was just like, wow, you know, here I am, thousands of miles away, and yet I feel like I'm home in New Zealand. And then we come out of that, and then you're into the barrenness with the um, with the volcano parks and that, where you can see all the lava flows and all of that sort of stuff as well, and you out of that lush environment. So it was kind of interesting to go from being in such a beautiful bush area out into this barren area. That was kind of unique and unusual, but really cool at the same time. Well, it's fascinating, and there there are microclimes within the islands, so it's it's entirely mm-hmm. different, and it. You know, it cracks me up that that there's even you know some really high points in in Hawaii, but they actually get snow on, and you don't think of snow in Hawaii, but but because of these yeah. microclimates <laughs> and 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 because of the the heights, they they literally get everything. So it's 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 fascinating. And then you know, of course, the Hawaiian culture is is really interesting, and and how how um, you know the Hawaiian culture relates to to the people is fascinating as well to learn. Yes, absolutely. And I remember reading somewhere, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, um, that you're talking about the microclimates, that there's like 13 different microclimates, and in Hawaii you get to experience like nine of them or something like it was some low. It was some low number on the microclimates, and Hawaii had most of them. You would experience most of them while yeah. you were in Hawaii. Fascinating, and, and, and just, you know, it's a great destination. If you haven't been, I absolutely recommend it because uh, there's nothing like it. Mhm. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Um, so, okay. Now we're going to ask you some really tricky questions. Like, what are some of your favorite destinations in the U.S. or Canada to go visit? 
I loved Bryson Zion. Um, you know, um, you can't uh, that the, the breathtaking beauty of it is is amazing. Um, the Grand Canyon is unlike anything um, anywhere in the world. Um, I love New Orleans. If you don't if you don't have a great time in New Orleans, you're not paying attention because it's just <laughs> a great city and um, there's just so much to do. Um, you know, I, I love the East Coast and Cape Cod. Um, you know, I generally get over there at least once a year, and I love it. And it's so entirely different than the West Coast. Um, but the new tours that we've added, you know, for Oregon and the Pacific Northwest, those are really interesting. Um, going out to Mackinac Island, um, you know, if you want to experience the Midwest, that one's also really great. And then, again, it is the 150th anniversary of Canada, so, you know, We've got to support our wonderful Canadian neighbors and and see all that they're they're putting on for the big anniversary. And and um, being the 150th anniversary for Canada, I'm taking that they've got a lot of different extra festivals and um, and events happening that Globus would be um, able to take people to. Correct. Yes, and and you know Canada, the people are so charming and lovely and. Um, you know that they're they're almost a destination in themselves um, because the people of Canada are just so delightful. Um, we're very fortunate to have such a wonderful neighbor just so close by, and um, the the scenery and topography is so spectacular as well. But it's uh, it, it's really worth going. Oh, that's awesome! I remember going up to Vancouver one time. Absolutely fell in love with the city, and I felt safe walking around it. I mean, I was staying down by the waterfront. And I had to go to a restaurant that was um, it was four or five blocks up from the from the hotel. And I'm walking by myself, and I'm coming back late at night. Yet I felt completely safe about it. And um, I remember arriving at the airport and having to get to the hotel. And everybody told me I'll just take the train from the hotel from the airport down to the hotel. It's the easiest way to get around. And it really was. Getting on that train from the airport to go to downtown area was one of the easiest things that I've ever done. And they said, oh, you just get off at the station here. And so when I called the hotel, I said, but I'm going to be getting in at like 10, you know, 9 o'clock at night. Would I be okay walking from the train station to the hotel because it was like two or three blocks? And they said, oh, yeah. They said, just make sure you turn the right way when you come out of the train station. You know, when you come out of the train station, you want to go to your left. Don't go to your right. If the numbers are increasing, you're okay. Um, you don't want to go the other way because it gets into like the downtown, the more of the seedy part of, of Vancouver, which wasn't as they said it's not really that seedy, but it's sort of the place that you don't want to be at that time of night. But, you know, 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock, I was, yeah, it was just an interesting experience. And I was perfectly safe, you know, wheeling my suitcase along, walked my three blocks to the hotel with no problem at all, and felt completely safe doing it. Yeah, they're very safe. But the other thing that I was very impressed with, Canada, is very clean. You do not mm-hmm. see the um, the level of, of, of trash that, that, that one you know, um, sees elsewhere. Um, so I was very impressed. They they clearly take great pride in their country and, and they keep it um, very well. Um, the other, my absolute favorite, I was actually fortunate enough to be at Lake Louise uh, in winter and, um, you know, the lake does freeze oh, over. Gorgeous. So I had, I had a pair of ice skates and I was, I was skating on Lake Louise at night and it started lightly snowing and I'm like, oh my God, I'm in a courier and Ives. I mean, it was just, just magic but that's that's what you can do you know when you're when you're in the destination that is so cool to be able to do that it was really fun oh my gosh to be on like louise skating and oh my gosh that would have been oh i mean 
I've I haven't been to Lake Louise, but I've seen the photographs of it, and it's just breathtaking. And I'm just like thinking, okay, this looks breathtaking now. It's going to be even more amazing when you actually get to see it in person. Yeah, but absolutely. to be skating, I mean, I'm not the best ice skater in the world. I can't even turn on the things. I can go in a straight line, and that's. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my triple axle is not what it was, but uh, no, just to be skating and it was lightly <laughs> snowing. It was just, it was magic. And that we did do a, um, a horse uh, ride, you know, um, uh, in a sleigh, and that was actually really fun as well. Oh, my gosh, that would be just perfect. So did you have the extra Very. padding on for the ice skating? Because I know me, if I get out there on ice skates, I'd probably end up more on my butt <laughs> than I would on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was a younger man at the time, so I did not, but I, I definitely would now because, uh, yeah, you don't want to fall. But I have to say, it, it, you know, Lake Louise is, is not super huge, um, yeah. um, but when it freezes over, it's just, it's so awesome, um, you know, to be out there skating on it. it it's, it's magic. So I highly And were you doing it. the skating during the day when it started to snow, or were you doing it in the evening when it started? No, this was like late, like, like you know, at night. Um, but they have it well lit. But but just having the snow snow just drifting down lightly it was it was truly unforgettable. Oh wow, that would be awesome. <laughs> it was really fun. And and if you don't have ice skates, do they have ice skates at the hotel that you can? They use? rent them right there. Yes, yeah. So <laughs> I'd hate to no miss worries. that experience. <laughs> it's great fun. I I, I have to say. So that that would be the Rockies during winter time. And so during the Rockies in winter time, would they be doing um, if they're doing that type of a trip with Globus? Would that be on the trains or by bus or a mixture of both? Again, it's going to depend on where and when and and you know what they want to do because we 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 really fix it um, to make sure that that they're going to get the maximum enjoyment. They're going to see the most um, and also you know get the most enjoyment out of it. So. Oh, that would be cool. Because I've always said that the that the Rocky Mountain, um, the Rocky was it the Rocky Mountaineer? That's the train thing or something like that that does all of those beautiful train trips up there into that area. That they are just um, absolutely worth doing it. So that's why I was asking if they did bus or or train. We we, we cool. do. But have I, some I definitely want to do the train, train thing. And, yeah, it's great fun. I highly recommend it. Absolutely. So that's. That's the Rockies in winter. Is there, are there any other areas that Globus will go to in the winter time that's either U.S. or Canada um, where people could get to experience? Because most people think of tours being done in the summertime um, or maybe the fall to see the four colors, but you've got some winter trips that people can go to, not just to Canada, but where else could they go on the winter trips and get to see the Well, again, we were, we were talking about the fall foliage. I mean, that's you know mm-hmm. a trip unto itself. Um, but you know the national parks generally we're gonna we're gonna hit them in the summer and you know that's the best time to see them because you're gonna really enjoy the parks to their fullest. Um, okay. So you know we've got we've got you know something pretty much for every season. So depending on what you want to do, we'll, we'll get you there at the right time when you want to be there. And so when they're doing the national parks and stuff, do they get free time during the day and stuff where they could go do some of the walking trials around some of the national parks? Absolutely. Um, on, on average, you get probably about 40% of your time free, um, so you can, can do things along the way. Um, I know that when I was out at Bryce and Zion, um, you know, we, we had some time to, to do some hiking, 
uh, along the way. Um, and uh, as I said, I, I did the optional where I went into the Grand Canyon, which was worth it, um, and I highly recommend it. So, yeah, there's some, some, some time for you to, to experience it as you would like. Yes, the first time I ever saw the Grand Canyon was from the air. I was, you know, 30,000 feet up in the plane, and the pilot told us to look out at whichever side of the plane I was on at the time, and he said, there's the Grand Canyon below. And I always remember thinking that it looked like the crack of a cho- on the top of a chocolate cake. <laughs> That's an interesting description. I never thought of that, but okay. Well, you're 30,000 feet up in the air. It was all brown down below, and it, and there was this big hole in, you know, this big divot in the ground or whatever, you know, crack in the ground, and it just looked, to me, at that, and I have very active imagination, it, I just remember it looking like the, the crack on the top of a, cho- of a chocolate cake when you first take it out of the oven. And those that are bakers that know about the crack on top of a chocolate cake before you ice it all over. And that's kind of that's what it reminded me hilarious of. Hilarious, and, and next time that I see the Grand Canyon, I will probably think of your words. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're 30,000 feet up in the air. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that does look like a chocolate cake. She was right. <laughs> but I still remember my first time going and seeing the Grand Canyon, too, and going out onto those lookout points. And it's just, it was, a, I mean, you couldn't really appreciate, it's just so huge that at times you kind of, don't get a um, the true perspective of just how big it is. But then I looked over one of the lookout points we were on, and I was looking out across um, along the same side of the room that we were on, and further down there was a guy who was out standing on the point of one of the pieces that juts out, and he was standing there, and I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, there's this, this guy standing out there, and he looked like probably about an inch tall from where I was standing, and then below him was this massive area below him. I'm like, wow, that really does bring in the perspective because unless you've got something that you can relate perspective to, a lot of times it doesn't look as big as it is. Yeah, so just no, seeing you, this guy you don't out get there on the point. Perspective on of that. Yeah. yeah, and so when you but that's see like, this guy standing on the point and you it. see the big drop below him, it's like, wow, that really is deep. Yeah, and and really to get into it is so much more. Um, because then you really get an idea of, of the vastness of it and, and how spectacular mm-hmm. it truly is. Yeah, I'd like to go down into the bottom of the canyon and look up, because I've been to the top a couple of times on the rims where you can look down into the canyon, and you get a certain perspective from there, but I think it would be, um, you really get to appreciate just how tall the side walls of the canyon are if you're looking from the, if you're at the bottom looking up. It's It's truly amazing. Yeah, so that would be one of mine. So is that one of the side trips we can do, go down onto the floor of the canyon? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. All right, that's another one going on my list. <laughs> <laughs> you should, I mean, the whole time we've been talking, I've been taking notes of places I want to go and things that you've mentioned. I'm like, oh, I hadn't thought about that one. I'll write that one down. <laughs> but, you know, life is, is a wonderful adventure, and if you're not if you're not jumping into the adventure, you're missing out. Um, and so, Absolutely. you know, we want to help you make the most of that adventure along the way. Yeah, what is that saying? Um, that life is like a book, and those that um, and those that don't travel um, haven't read the book, or something like that. Oh, I'm trying to think of what the quote is. That life is like actually a, a nice quote, and I like that because it's true. Yeah, and if you don't turn the page, you don't get you miss the adventure. There's so much to see and so much to do, and if if you know if you've got the time and and you could do it, why the heck not? You know, you're you're really missing um, something amazing. Yeah, and to think that 
all of that we've talked about in almost the last hour um, is right there on everybody's doorsteps. And a lot of people don't know what's at their doorstep and that they have the ability to go see it. And, um, you know, I'm always about the thing of, you know, planning staycations. You know, if you can't get away on a vacation, take a staycation. Go out and explore your immediate area within your state. Or depending on where you are in your state, you may be able to pop into the state next door. You know, and just see what's there. Um, But this allows them to go a little further afield and go and explore a part of the country they never thought of. You know, they may have a history. So they may have a, an interest in the Wild West, so why not go and do a tour of that area where you've got people and experts that can take you to that area, give you the local history, tell you the stories of the Wild West, and give you a whole new appreciation for that, for that era. You know, doing the music trip from Nashville down to New Orleans, you know, learning about the country music and going down and learning about the jazz in New Orleans. And like you said, the music is very different based on the area, um, because I've heard some of the jazz music out in New Orleans, and it's very different to other jazz music that I have heard. So hearing those very differences, so. learning about the differences. Um, your new trip um, up the Oregon coast there with the craft beer, I'm not a beer drinker, but I know people who are very much into their craft beer. They would love something like that um, to be able to well, go and there's on. Also, there's also some great dining opportunities. You know, you'll get to actually dine in, in some of the breweries, and so it, it's mm-hmm. actually quite fascinating. I'm... I'm not a big beer drinker myself, but when they were telling us about the, this whole um, thing, I was like, you know what? I would do that in a heartbeat. That sounds really interesting. So Exactly, and I would do it just from the perspective of just being interested. Um, I get to go to a part of the States I haven't been to yet and get to explore something new, and even though I'm not a beer drinker, I can go along and watch those who are and get their opinions and their thoughts because I love it when you get people having a good beer debate. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you had Guinness? I have I don't I can't stand the smell of beer to be honest. I mean I, I don't mind people uh, who yeah, drink I'm it. Be, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm it's not a very a beer drinker. But we went yeah we went to the Guinness factory and so part of the tour was you know they give you some and so I did you know try it and uh, confirmed my 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 feeling that yes not for me but it was still it was still fascinating to see how they did it and you know so. It's all good. And did they pour it the correct way where you had to wait several minutes for it to settle and you wrote your initials yes. in the head at the top and they were there when you got to the bottom of the glass? Uh, we didn't get that far because there were a lot of people, but they did. They, they were pouring it appropriately and, you know, you did have to wait a bit. Um, but, you know, the the coloring is just um, kind of just, you know, it uh, it's an interesting color. Um, but, you know, they sell millions and millions of barrels um and yep. uh, and it's fascinating like like um their consumption interestingly enough goes way up um during St. Patty's Day. I don't know why, but but you know their <laughs> their sales numbers go way up. They said that they literally have to they have to double their output um for St. Patrick's Day and I'm like, "Oh my gosh." Yep. Oh, it's an Irish beer. But the you know the the growth of of, you know, microbrews in in America um, you know, is is huge. Um, San Diego also has has a lot of, you know, microbrews, mm-hmm. and and it's a really big deal um, in San Diego. Um, and San Diego and has some one of, really great restaurants attached to them too. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So um, we can we can put you into whatever you want. So yeah, all I know is that um, down here in San Diego, is that my um, oldest one is very very much likes his beer. They go to the microbrewery. Excuse me, the different microbreweries and stuff. And we and they're quite often invited, you know, come out for dinner with us, we're going to this microbrewery and 
So like, okay, because I know they're going to have good food. And I have yet to come across a microbrewery that doesn't have good food. I don't care about their beer, but their food is really good. But that's an old tradition, you know. Remember when you would go back to the pubs to, you know, get food and and it was always, yeah. So um, I I love that and I love that, that, you know, there's been such an expansion of it and um, some really interesting and, and, you know, it's not the usual, so. Yeah. It's, it just gives you a whole new perspective. So, you know, this is, you know, right on people's doorstep. And it's sort of like, you know, why don't they take advantage of this? And it's all great for people coming from overseas to learn about American stuff. But how about as Americans just going and learning what's in your own backyard? And like I said, you guys have a great way to do this. There's so many options out there. Um, I mean, I've got a 164-page brochure sitting here in front of me. <laughs> With a Full of itineraries and places that I now want to go, well, places I already had on my list to go, and now I've added more. I've got a page and a half of notes here, so we're here to help. Thank you for adding to my list. No worries. <laughs> and it's just, it's just like you know, take advantage of this. I mean, you know, if you've never been to the Tournament of Roses, what a great way to go see it. Um, with Globus, you know, they've got the grandstand seats, which are really hard to get, and to go there and be part of that atmosphere. Um, you know, you've been in the parade. I've been, I've helped construct, you know, helped on a um, float one time. And it was just an interesting experience from that. But the cool part was, is sitting back in the comfort of home later on and watching that parade and um, seeing the floats that I worked on going past in all of their full splendor, fully completed. Because when we got to see it, it was only partially completed. To be able to see them fully completed in their absolute glory with all the live flowers and everything on it was just a whole new thing going... Yeah, there's that blue status stuff I cut up. <laughs> but, but also going back, you know, the next day and getting to see the, the detail because, you know, unfortunately when the floats go by, you only get to capture so much of it. So being able to, yes. to go back and look at the artistry the next day is, is truly spectacular. I, I, um, I also did get to actually sit in the grandstands and, and see the parade, and, and it is a much different experience than being in the parade. Um, the year that, <laughs> when you've got to walk was, eight and a uh, half miles, <laughs> that's a lot of walking. It gets long, but interestingly enough, you know, the, the back in the day when, when I did it, um, one of the floats unfortunately um, caught fire, and so they had to, um, they, had, they have, um, they have tow trucks stowed along the way, and so they can, you know, they can jump in quickly. But it still takes a moment or two. And so, um, you know, the year that we did, there was a, you know, they had to bring in the tow truck. And so, you know, we got to break rakes and, and, and shake people's hands and, 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 you know, play music along the way. And, and I have to say it was one of my funnest memories of it was, was when things, you know, got a little sideways. It was it was really fun. So um, the Rose Parade is, is truly one of one of the great American traditions. And if you haven't gone, I would highly recommend it. And it really is so much fun to see it live. Absolutely. And then just, I mean, even places like, you know, um, Alaska, the national, I mean, the national parks just by themselves. Um, that would just be amazing to go and see those. And um, having somebody take you through to give you the history of the area and things. Um, there is just so much out there to see and do. And, um, you know, people, you really need to get out there and go and experience your country in a way you've never experienced it before. I mean, I've talked about some of the places I've been to, but those are places I have driven myself to, we've sat at hotels, we've gone and exploring and that. But I would actually like just to have somebody take care of the details for me and I just basically book it, 
go hop on a bus or hop on a train or hop on a boat and just let somebody else do all the driving and the steering and worrying about the itinerary. I picked out, this is what I want to do, let's go do it. And somebody worries about the details for me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But that's that's part of what I love to do for people is help them plan their trips. So to be able to um, put them into an itinerary that they absolutely love and would love to do um, just makes it that much more special for them and have them go away and then come back. And I've had clients who have travelled with Globus before and they have nothing but rave reviews about the time that they had, the attention to details, the experience that they had, um, and they just don't know how they would have got it travelling with anybody else or even travelling by themselves. Um, you know, well, there's, um, there's the, times the, where travelling the by yourself is good and there's times where you have to be on a tour to do to see and get the, the true feel of a place. Yeah, and the the trip that I did in April, you know, the number of people that had had been with Clovis previously was was brilliant. But the the I, I found it fascinating for the multi generationals. It was really great mm-hmm. for them um, because you know whether you're a mom and a son, or you know there was a mom and a daughter and a grandmother that that all decided to go, and then there was like a family of ten, and and it worked on on so many levels. Um, but it was just really easy, and you didn't have to think about it, and you could just go and enjoy it along the way. And you know, we live, live such you know um, busy lives now, and there's so many things going in so many different directions that being able to have something that's just all taken care of for you is really quite nice. I like to describe mm-hmm. it as effortless. It really is just effortless. Now, you mentioned the thing about multi-generational families, and that is a great thing. So what is the youngest age that um, can go on a Globus tour? Uh, eight, um, but you know the, the 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 funny thing that the 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 family said to me, which I didn't really think about, um, but they said no fights, and <laughs> I didn't really think about that. But but it really is brilliant when you when you do it, you know, by coach and you know where you're going. You're not really fighting. Oh, I want to go here. I want to go there. You know, everybody goes together and they can actually have a great time together, and nobody's on the hook for you know, having to drive or, or do the logistics or anything like that. So it works quite well for I that as well. I never thought of that. No fight. I never thought of that. I didn't either, but when they said it, I'm like, oh, that's quite brilliant. <laughs> that is. And to think, too, that the driver can now, the person who typically drives in the car can now sit back, relax, and enjoy the scenery as well. Because if you think about that's when you're a family in a car, you're oh, my gosh, look at that, look at that. And the poor driver is sort of like, i got to concentrate on the road. I'm stuck in traffic. You know, where am I going? Where am I going? Which lane do I need to be in? And they're worrying about all that details while the kids and the, and the other parent is calling out, oh, well, look at this. Oh, well, look at that and da-da-da-da. And then the kids are going, when are we going to get there? You know, and that would eliminate all of that because they know where they're going. They have the map. They have the itinerary in front of them. This is what we're going to get to see and do today. And, and then the driver gets to enjoy that as well. Exactly. Wow. And and again, there's no fights for okay, I wanna go like, here, I wanna go there, you know, so it just it works on, on a number of different levels. Now, um I'm gonna put you on the spot again because I didn't discuss this question, but with the families and stuff, when you've got people coming on with kids, are there special activities designed for the kids if there's if there's gonna be a lot of kids on a particular tour or is it just um, that they're part of the general tour? They're part of the general tour and as long as, as you know, there were there were a couple of kids that were on my tour, and and you know, there were nice kids that they, you know, could sort of you know do their thing along the way. Um, but you know, it works um, if you had a really really you know rambunctious kid who wanted to be running around and stuff. Then I would say you know, this might not be the the proper opportunity for them. 
but different tours at different times are going to get, you know, different, you know, amounts of kids. You know, if you're taking a tour when kids are in school, you're not really going to be seeing any kids on it. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so you, you may not necessarily um, be seeing a lot of kids, but, you know, the kids that it kind of works itself out um, in its own right. And, um, you know, the kids that were on my tour, um, you know, they had a great time. They saw some great things and, um, you know, worked really well. So, And probably learned a lot. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. Yeah, because I kind of think of that, that when um, you, know, you take kids on these, like especially if you're going through um, through some of the historic areas, like the ones that go to Mount Rushmore and stuff, they're now learning about the presidents and the, president faces, the president's faces that are up there on Mount Rushmore. Um, they go to some of the other national parks um, there, and they're learning the history as well as the geography. They're learning, um, yeah, they're learning geography, they're learning history, they're learning social, you know, there's a whole bunch of topics that can be um, incorporated into that. And if they're having fun, they don't realize that they're learning, which I think is the best way to teach a kid. Make sure that they have fun, but throw the learning in there while they're having fun. <laughs> it's a win-win. Yeah, and that's one thing I've always thought about that, um, you know, I even, I even said to my husband, if him and I ever had kids together, then, well, I was homeschooling because, I wanted to be able to take my kids on vacation when I wanted to, not when a school system dictated it to me. And I wanted to take them out and take them to places where they would learn the history, they would learn geography. They could, um, um, you know, and like going to Mount Mount Rushmore, I just want to have that picture on my screen right now. Um, They could learn about those four presidents before we get there, you know, can tell me something different about each of these presidents. Um, You know, and they're learning their history at the same time. So it's a great opportunity. You know, a week, a week in a week in DC, I think, is is you know better than than pretty much any history book you could ever ever do. And you know, even a week wouldn't wouldn't get you into everything. And it I've wouldn't been scratch to, the to, surface, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I I'll have you know that I just recently donated money to to make sure that Dorothy's slippers were were in good shape. They were trying to raise three hundred thousand dollars. Um, to fix Dorothy's shoes because they were looking a little peaked, and I did donate to that. Um, but there's some new museums that that have opened that I have not seen that are that are quite spectacular. Um, I and, remember uh, um, when I worked in the hotels in the DC area because I used to um, work in the hotel industry, and we I was actually in a hotel in Virginia, but we were right near one of the metro lines that would take them straight in and drop them off at in the middle of the mall at the Smithsonian stop there. And I had a family staying with us for um, six weeks. And every morning at breakfast, they were like, oh, what have you got on the list for us to do today? And every day I had something different for them to do. That is how much stuff there is to do in the D.C. area. For six weeks, basically Monday through Friday, I was giving them different stuff to do every single day that they were in D.C. Um, And it was things like, you know, okay, when you go to this museum, go check this out. And at the time, the American History Museum, they had um, a... Uh, thing done up with the elevator that had the kids in it, and um, I'm trying to think of the president. One of the president, he had a lot of kids, and one of the kids was sick, and his and his kids brought in the pet donkey into the elevator and took it up into the White House to visit the sick sibling. And I can't remember the name of the president that it happened. Yeah, I want to say it was I one of the Roosevelt, but I can't be can't be. And so I would tell them things like, okay, when you go into the American History Museum and you're in this particular display, I want to tell you, I want you to tell me what animal was in the elevator and why. And That's they would hilarious. come back, the next, and so I'd give them an assignment, and they'd come back the next day and tell me. And in the Air and Space Museum, you could go into this one area, and they have the scale there, and you go and stand on the scale, and 
it gives you your earth your weight on earth but then you press different planets and it will tell you how much you weigh on the moon how much you weigh on jupiter how much you weigh on saturn and that sort of stuff and so i had this one kid one time who came running back and his goal was to go and tell me how much he weighed on jupiter he comes back and he goes i weighed 390 pounds on jupiter um so it was you know it was fun it was i've been able to because i had spent so much time to um traveling around the dc area and going in and exploring it i could do things like this with the kids saying okay when you go to this museum, go check out this and come back and tell me what you found out about this. Or go have make sure... Yeah, I hadn't thought of that as a weight, weight loss strategy, but I guess, you know, maybe I should move to a planet that has less gravity and then it wouldn't weigh as much. Well, this kid weighed 380 pounds on Jupiter. So. Yeah, but, but like the moon, the moon has like almost no gravity, so I'm thinking I could get to my goal weight like almost instantly. <laughs> you probably could, you know. But it was it was just interesting. It was a way to keep kids amused, and well, because they were over the summer, there's a lot of different activities going on in the summertime. Like different bands, different military bands would play each evening, um, in different locations around the around DC. And Tuesday nights they would have the sunset parade at Iwo Jima, and you got to the Iwo Jima Memorial there, and um, they would have the drum and bugle band would come out and do their demonstration. And then they would have the Marine Silent Drill Team coming out there doing their thing with these bayonets on the end of their rifles that were unsheathed, and they were just tossing these things around, and not a word was spoken. It was amazing to watch these guys. These guys were yeah. like spectacular to watch. Spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I think um, the whole thing, and, and and the pomp and circumstance of of DC is just fascinating, and you know to get get that that tour of of the White House, um, you know, mm-hmm. is is so interesting, and you know, it, it's just it's well worth your time. So yeah, there's a whole lot you can do right here in, in the U.S. and and really be amazed. Oh, yeah. But even going through um, the Capitol was really cool too. I've done that tour a number of times, and my favorite ones they take you into one room. And the guy gets and the guy gets everybody just like squishing around him, and then he sneaks out of the room and says, "Now just stay here. I want you to stay here in this group." And then he goes and stands in another part of the room, and he starts talking. And he just stands there and he just starts whispering, and basically we can hear exactly what he is saying. And he's like yeah. twenty feet away from us, and it's yeah, because it's of because the acoustics. The dome. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And it was just fascinating. He was telling us about how one oh, I can't even remember the name of the of the politician. But one of them would sit there and he'd look like he was asleep, but what he was doing was listening to the opposition on the other side of the room. <laughs> it's it's pretty fascinating. Um and, and you yeah. know, being able to, to you know, go in and um because there's you know, the 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 trolleyway that runs underneath the Capitol mm-hmm. um yep. that they all jump to go back and forth, which is fascinating. So it the whole thing is, is just really interesting. Yeah, and there's so many different stories and things like this that people can experience across America. And you guys are bringing this to life for people and giving them the opportunity to be able to do this. And I think that is pretty spectacular in its own right. No better time than the present. Absolutely. And with all of these festivals and stuff going on too that you can add on and um, just makes it that much more special. So, so Dave, I would like to thank you so much for being on today's show and educating us more about um, what we can do here in North America, being you know Canada, U.S., Hawaii, Alaska, you know, 50 states and stuff, and just some of the things that Globus can do. In fact, I think we covered quite a bit of ground in the last hour and a bit. <laughs> we did. Thank you for your time. You've been very kind. Well, thank you. And if you'd like to know more about um, touring the U.S. 
or, or Canada, you can always reach us at connectwithhelen.com and we will be able to get you set up with a phone appointment there where we can sit down and talk about some of the things you'd like to see in the U.S. and find the best itinerary for you. Until next time, hey konera. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.